Hello, this is Ryan Jensen, pastor of Lawrenceville Presbyterian Church, and welcome to the LPC Pod. This podcast is for Sunday, February 28th, 2021. And this Sunday's text that we will preview today is Romans chapter 4, verse 22 through chapter 5, verse 1. Welcome once again, and thank you for listening in. Let me take a brief moment to explain what this podcast is about. First, this can work as a standalone Bible study for anyone who's interested in gaining a deeper understanding and a different interpretation of each week's Bible study. Second, if you're listening to people like me who are preaching on this specific passage, this is designed to give you a preview along with some background and a basic idea of what we hope to communicate in song and sermon. So let's get into it. This Sunday is the second Sunday in Lent, a season when we remember that salvation comes through the cross and we only get to Easter through the suffering, rejection, persecution, and death that Jesus endured. And here in chapter four, the apostle Paul is going to talk about what that salvation does what it accomplishes. So I will spend some time with Paul's letter to the church in Rome, but also spend a few moments talking about the person who Paul uses to make his case, his argument. That person being Abraham, who is arguably the central figure of the Old Testament. In this part of Paul's letter to the Jesus movement in Rome, let's call it, Paul is trying to explain what it means to become good and right with God. And so when we read about these words, justification and righteousness, just know that those words mean the same thing and they can be used interchangeably. They both are getting at what it means to be made just or right with God. So just before our reading today, back in chapter one, Paul quotes the prophet Habakkuk or Habakkuk however you would like to pronounce that, in making his case about righteousness. He quotes the prophet who says this, Look at the proud. Their spirit is not right in them, but the righteous live by their faith. So the righteous live by their faith. Now, I know this statement sounds good. It sounds like, you know, something you should hear in church. Maybe we've heard it before and just took it at face value or read it and didn't give it too much thought. But this week, this is what the scripture and the sermon will be about. So let me ask you this. Thinking about this statement that the righteous live by faith, what does that really mean? And what does that look like? Who is righteous? What does faith require? Well, for the church in Rome, this was a very controversial subject. Paul is writing to a community that consists most notably of two different groups, those who were Jewish and those who were not. We've got the Jews and the Gentiles. And these two different groups each have a unique way that they understand what it takes to be good and right with God. For the Jews, there's going to be the idea that Because Jesus is one of us, then you also have to become one of us to believe in him. And you do that by obeying the law. 
And by the law, yes, we're talking about the Ten Commandments, but also all of the instruction that is included throughout the first five books of the Bible, those being Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. And in those books, you have laws about what you can eat and can't eat, rules about the Sabbath, rules about what it takes to be clean, and so on. And then let's touch on Abraham. So in the book of Genesis, we find that there is a covenant or promise that God makes with Abraham and all of his descendants who come after him. And for the Jews, Abraham is essentially the founder of the faith. So for us here today, we can think about people like George Washington, Alexander Hamilton, Thomas Jefferson, and Abraham Lincoln. And if not for them, there would be none of us, right? And that is one way to think about how Jews remember Abraham. If you've ever led or attended a vacation Bible school, you probably learned the song about Father Abraham. It says, Father Abraham had many sons, and many sons had Father Abraham. I am one of them, and so are you. So let's all praise the Lord. Great fun song. But in this simple children's song, we learn that we are all sons and daughters of Abraham. But again, for the Jews of Paul's time, they would say, not so fast. You need to convert and adhere to the law to become a child of the covenant. And just before our reading today, Paul, who is Jewish himself, brings up one of the details that is included in the law. He makes an argument about circumcision of all things. So this is one of those laws that we can read about back in Genesis chapter 17. And here's what it says there. God said to Abraham, as for you, you shall keep my covenant, you and your offspring after you throughout their generations. This is my covenant, which you shall keep between me and you and your offspring after you. Every male among you shall be circumcised. Now, for Jews who had done this as children or had this done as children, that's not a big deal. But for Gentiles who were in their teens, their 20s, or older, then we can understand how some of them might be reluctant to go all in on following the laws of the Old Testament. Even in the modern world of medicine, anesthesia, antibiotics, well, this is just not a pleasant thought. But thankfully, here we have Paul who comes to the rescue. Paul makes the case that Abraham was reckoned as righteous, not because of his ability to follow the law, but because of his faith and his trust in God. And with regard to circumcision, Paul goes on to argue that Abraham was made righteous through his faith, and that was something that happened way before circumcision anyway. Again, Paul is arguing that a person is made just and right through faith and faith alone. Not by following the law, not through works, but faith. Paul also looks to another example that comes out of Genesis chapter 15. And this has to do with when Abraham questions God's promise to bless and reward him because Abraham is advanced in years. So God leads Abraham outside and responds, Look toward heaven, count the stars if you're able to count them. Then he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And Abraham believed the Lord, 
and the Lord reckoned it to him as righteousness. So belief and faith are what makes us right and good with God. This is what opened the door to the Gentiles, and this is what opens the door to the Gentiles of today, that being you and me. So with this background, let's read the scripture for this week and see if it makes any more sense. Here we go. For the promise that he would inherit the world did not come to Abraham or to his descendants through the law, but through the righteousness of faith. If it is the adherents of the law who are to be the heirs, faith is null and the promise is void. For the law brings wrath, but where there is no law, neither is there violation. For this reason it depends on faith, in order that the promise may rest on grace and be guaranteed to all his descendants, not only to the adherents of the law, but also to those who share the faith of Abraham. For he is the father of us, as it is written, I have made you the father of many nations. In the presence of the God in whom he believed, who gives life to the dead and calls into existence the things that do not exist. So hoping against hope, he believed that he would become the father of many nations, according to what was said, so numerous shall your descendants be. He did not weaken in faith when he considered his own body, which was already as good as dead, for he was about a hundred years old, or when he considered the barrenness of Sarah's womb. No distrust made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith as he gave glory to God, being fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Therefore, his faith was reckoned to him as righteousness. Now, the words it was reckoned to him were written not for his sake alone, but for ours also. It will be reckoned to us who believe in him who raised Jesus, our Lord, from the dead, who was handed over to death for our trespasses and raised for our justification. Therefore, since we are justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. And here is where our scripture this week ends. So in reading all of that, and again, there's quite a bit to read, uh, something that I hope you will hear in the scripture are the words hope and peace, and that through our faith alone, and this is what we are to believe, that through our faith alone, we are made right with God, and in that righteousness, there is hope and there's peace. And again, that's two things that we could use in equal measure these days. So again, this comes to us through the sincere and honest faith that we have in God, that God will do what God has promised. So for old Abraham and Sarah, that was to have faith that God would bless them with children who would then multiply and fill the land that God had promised them. And for us, it's having faith that Jesus suffered, died, and rose from the dead into the resurrection of new life. So in the sermon this week, I will seek to answer the questions of so what and what comes next? Is it good enough to simply rest into the hope and peace of being considered righteous by God? Or does that inspire to act? And if it does, then how? What does that look like? And for the Jews of Paul's time, 
who must have struggled with blending in with others who were from outside of the tradition, in what ways do we struggle with welcoming people who are different from us? Those are the questions I will seek to answer on Sunday, and that sermon will again be available to you in person for those who feel comfortable attending, as well as via Facebook Live, and it will be posted on YouTube soon thereafter. So thanks again for listening, and I hope to hear from you soon.